It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where our Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. It's time for Faith and Life to Connect here on the new Shine FM and on the podcast network at shinefmohio.com. I'm Scott here with Tom, and this is the session. And bear with us. Um, we just can't stop yawning this morning. You yawn, I yawn, we all yawn together. So, yeah, this will be interesting to see I, how we do this. I haven't had my coffee today yet. And yeah, I thought doing your laps would at least help a little bit, but not, <laughs> right. not today, I guess. All right, so we are going to talk about five ways that church leaders can improve communication. We are going to meddle today. Before we meddle, we dive into God's Word, Tom. Well, Scott, coming out of James one nineteen, a really important verse about communication. James writes, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak. I know it's just slowed down there. I see what you did. And slow to become angry. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So, Scott, this kind of reminds me, there was this Kentucky mom. Her son was a very slow reader, so she wrote her letters to him very slowly. Oh. <laughs> oh, do you mind if I use that for the dad joke on oh, the show? Oh, sure. <laughs> go right ahead. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that, yeah, I send those to my wife and I just get a groan back from her. <laughs> yeah. Happens all the time. All right, we yeah. dive into five ways church leaders can improve communication from sharefaith.com. And, you know, leadership in the church is is just absolutely critical right now. It's so important especially coming out of COVID, that church leaders be able to grab their congregations and be able to energize them and get everybody going. But the last thing that they really want is one more meeting. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about Zoom fatigue and, and church meeting fatigue can be just the same way. So we start with number one, Tom, maintain a consistent attitude. A leader does have to be perfect, just dependable. Predictability builds trust and helps model what you want to see from others. Even keeled consistent leaders create space for two-way communication to thrive. They don't have to be perfect. Well, that's the first hurdle it seems like. Mm -hmm. You do not have to be perfect. Stop trying. Think how the church leader is going to feel when they embrace, I don't have to be perfect. It's okay if I make a mistake. Jesus is the only one who is perfect. Don't set yourself up to fail. Set yourself up to succeed and give yourself a chance to celebrate those successes. Yes. See, right off hey, the bat. Yes, way to go, Scott. <laughs> uh, being dependable is critically important. I think along with dependable would also be predictable, that you know if you go to your church leader and you share this with them, you're pretty certain how they're going to react in a way that would be positive. That's something we need to know. As as the church, 
we need to know that we can depend on our our leadership right and we need to know that you know things are going to be we're going to be able to depend on them for things so there's the first one maintaining consistent attitude number two work on your emotional intelligence now this one just sounds like we're really meddling now oh we are and and this one is somewhat of a new contemporary term um maybe in the last 20 plus years okay so there are a lot of leadership skills to focus on but few pack the wallop of learning to manage your emotions and understand the emotions of others it helps you in several ways you can develop the ability to control and redirect negative emotions. That's important. In some cases, it could be as simple as we have people who think the cup is half empty instead of half full. Hey, Scott. Yeah, yeah. I'm part of that club. We'll put that on our list. <laughs> <laughs> you, you develop the ability to control and redirect negative emotions. It's those negative emotions that take a deficit out of you. Yeah, it's like a withdrawal out of your emotional bank account. Oh, that's a that's a good way to put it. Because the more you pull out of that account in a negative way, because it takes more. That's what I keep hearing. It takes more energy to be negative than it does to be positive. Yeah, and particularly when you've spent all your emotional assets and you're in the red, and you don't have anything else to pull from, it just hurts all the more. That's that when it gets that much more. All right, so yeah. then you can put yourself in other people's shoes and empathize with them. And boy, this. I would think this is just as important for like in your position in, in a setting in, in counseling to be able right. to, to empathize with people. Well, and that's so important because that's what helps them grieve or helps them get out the things that are were hurtful or bothersome to them. And then the last one, to learn to manage working relationships effectively. Now this, I, I've seen this in our staff at our church. We're a fairly small church. You know, we have two secretaries, a youth director, a worship pastor, and the pastor, and then a janitor. And just seeing as changes take place in the staff. Somebody right. retires, somebody moves away, and you bring in a new worship guy and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And, you know, just being able to manage that the impact of all the of staff changes and just being able to handle well, COVID for that matter. You want to be consistent when they come to you. You want them to know that they can talk to you. Some of my staff say that I'm easy to talk to. If I'm awake. <laughs> <laughs> if I've had my coffee. <laughs> so what they do is they plan their meetings with you for like 10, 11 o'clock, so you've had time to have your coffee before the meeting. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if there's stuff they don't want me to, to hear, then it's a whole different picture. <laughs> then they have it at 730, yeah. and they're good. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about five ways church leaders can improve communication today on the session. Uh, the first one, maintain a consistent attitude. The second one, work on your emotional intelligence. Oh, boy, here's a tough one, Tom. Number three, oh, boy, talk less. Oh, my gosh. How are we going to pull that off, Scott? I don't know. We talk for a living, right? That's true. So how can we even have a show here, Scott, if we didn't talk? We gotta, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We got to talk the talk then, so it's so walk the walk. But in in a session, in counseling, or, right. or if you're leading your staff, sometimes they, they just need you to hear them. They don't need to hear you telling them well to ask them they would agree with that (laughs) (laughs) see that sounds a lot like marriage though too a lot of times our spouse just needs to they just need to know that we hear them they don't need to hear us especially as guys fix it Uh uh-huh we don't we don't need fix it mode we need listen to me mode that's exactly right and when we try to fix it at least one thing's going to happen and it's not good 
then it's not going to get fixed. <laughs> no, that's right. It's only going to create more frustration for the wife, who then you haven't helped your wife. She's upset. <laughs> so you're upset because she's upset. All because you tried to fix it <laughs> instead of listening. All right. So the important key, the key things in listening. So describe for me what active listening is. When you active listen, you listen almost word for word to what you're hearing, and you prepare yourself to be able to tell them exactly what they said. That can get real interesting. You don't want an editorial, you don't want a commentary on it, you want to say, this is what I heard you say. And you basically said it. You know, the one off the wall example I used at Heritage, so they can remember it, but then so can I. If your marriage partner came home from work today and said, honey, I saw falling from the sky these black and white striped cows. <laughs> and you're going, what? <laughs> black and white striped cows falling from the sky. Now immediately you have a commentary you're ready to give them. They don't want a commentary. You're immediately wanting to editorialize this for them. In they Ohio? Yeah. It has uh, to be a scarlet and gray cow. What do you mean black uh, yeah. and white? <laughs> Can't do an editorial, so you got to listen. Honey, what I heard you say was you saw black and white striped cows falling from the sky, and then you have to resist the temptation and say, "Honey, you know this: <laughs> the cows can't fly, or the cows aren't black and white striped. They're not going to fall." You, you got to resist that because that's hers. Uh huh. That's totally her communication. So it gets even more interesting. Then there are times when we reflect it in, in what I call the feelings coin. Did we ever talk about that? The feelings coin? Yeah, in my office. No. To have some fun, it's my imaginary feelings coin. So I f try to find it, which pocket I put it in, and I'm going through all my pockets, you know, and, and I finally find it and I hold it up like this, and, you know, those out there in Radio Land can't see it. But basically, I'm pointing my index finger at my thumb. And like there's I'm holding, nothing between them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so say, I say to him, can you see this? And I said, but you got to know. You tell me you can see this. We have to set you up for some assessments. <laughs> <laughs> we have some other, we have more things we need to talk about. That's right. Please tell me, you see this side? This side is different than this side, right? Please tell me you don't see any difference. Yes, Tom, it is different. One has an eagle, the other one has a head on it. <laughs> so that's what I've been working too much. We had to take... Yeah. So anyway... If you look at that feelings coin, the feelings coin basically says feelings are not right and they're not wrong. They just are. They exist. They're like the weather. Days like today, we like the weather. Days like three straight Wednesdays when it rained on my golf day, I wasn't too crazy about the weather. <laughs> so, what I, so what I'm hearing you say, Tom, is that you really wish the meteorologist would fix the Wednesday forecast. That would be nice. Yes. That's right. Okay. Empathy then... It's really important most of the time. But here's an example probably when it wouldn't be. So your wife comes to you and says, Scott, you know the faucet in the kitchen is leaking seriously and it's broke. And you say to her, now dear, how does that make you feel? <laughs> wet. <laughs> yeah, I feel very wet. Well, that must really be horrible, honey, to feel that wetness. So here's your opportunity to fix it for her. But you're trying to do what she tells you to do, so you're listening and with empathy and active listening. Then, man, that must really be hard, honey, to have this thing broke like that and 
it's just frustrating for you, isn't it? And they're like, yeah, yeah. So see, probably there you might want to say, okay, dear, I know. How about if I fix the faucet? How about if I call a plumber? That's it. That's what <laughs> Kathy would say. She might be torn. If she said, go ahead, that means that she's bored and she wants to be entertained. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. All right. So that's that's kind of the idea of talking less and listening more. And that's, you know, as a leader, that's hard to do because leaders, we were we want to fix things by nature. You know, we want to fix things, but right. sometimes delegating fixing right. is that a right way to say that it's okay to delegate the fixing of something well usually at work i have this on a regular basis i think okay so the fourth thing in our five ways that churches can improve communication is to ask the right questions now this is important Scott. yes good communication involves drawing the best out of people and engaging them in ways that ensure you understand someone's ideas and can weigh various options. Well, here's here's the thing. If they don't perceive that we are safe to come and talk to, if we're not approachable, if we're not open as leaders, good luck with that. You're not going to keep your people very long. That's right. And you're, you're not going to be able to motivate them because they're living in fear. Oh, and someone might have once said, fear is the great paralyzer. We have discussed that before. <laughs> I, I have heard that that yeah. phrase, yes. It would stop you right in your tracks. Yes, it would, absolutely. Are there some questions that are the right questions? There are right questions. The art of asking questions are really important. To start out, there are higher level questions and there are lower level questions. Oh, let's start at the lower level ones. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> let's work our way up. There's a hierarchy of questions the base level are things like fill in the blank. Here's the question. Jupiter is part of what system? Solar system. So that's an answer. Okay. So then there are higher level questions. How do you go about teaching about the solar system or Jupiter? Um, um, you get a basketball, a tennis ball, soccer ball uh golf ball a couple other balls and then you set them up in a certain in a certain circumference from each other from from the basketball in the middle you have applied what you're learning about jupiter and the solar system okay see because you're putting them in their proper place that's a, a higher level questioning bloom's taxonomy from the school community talked about a higher a hierarchy of questions. So when you get to a question like, how would you fix it? What would you do to help it? Apply it to this situation over here. Those are all higher level questions. A healthy, successful questioning can put people in position to be successful. And then they answer the question because we, we know they know it and we want to build their confidence. We can ask them to explain it. And they feel good when they knock it out of the park. And then you celebrate success. Boy, there it Bodding. is. Yes, again. All right. Whoa. All right. That's good. We're doing all right with this today. All right. So we're talking through five ways church leaders can improve communication on the session. And number five, 
We're actually going to get through all five of them in one day, which is another thing Amazing. to celebrate. Yes. To be fully engaged. All right. Now, this is where the leader has to be present to be present. That's right. Presently. There are a lot of things that threaten to keep leaders from being present when engaged with their team. Stress being one, they've just come out of the Rose Garden meeting where it was really being debated whether we were going to have red roses or white roses, <laughs> and they were pitting sides against each other. And he, So he might be a little stressed. Yep, the yep. pastor might be a, a little bent out of shape. Distractions. The cell phone can be a distraction. Absolutely. Within reason, um, you know, distractions could be something that's going on at home and it's hard for him to concentrate. Information overload. Kathy was just talking about that yesterday, that when we go to the American Association of Christian Counselors, and we're going to take, at least at this point, two of our staff, maybe three, it's such a, a, an intense, packed time in the Lord. There's incredible worship with 7,000 people worshiping at the same time. It's wow. Just, and I can get drowned out in there. Nobody hears me so far. <laughs> There's incredible teaching. And so your mind is processing all this teaching that you get in the breakout sessions. The other couple from our ministry was asking you know, the details. And Kathy said, well, typically we want to go because Tom is on information overload on Saturday afternoon. By then, he's like a deer in the headlights. And it's true. Yeah. Because I'm just processing so much stuff. But it's also excellent. I, boy, the American Association of Christian Counselors is really powerful. It's like me at a radio convention. By that. By the time I get done with three days, I am absolutely spent with information. Uh-huh. And if, the, and if this leader in, in your church has sat through three meetings before you, there's probably a bit of overload going on there, so that can be a distraction. And then there's, you know, like you mentioned, worry if something's going on at home, one of the kids is sick. You know, something they're going to worry about if they're hungry. You know, you've had them in meetings for six hours and they didn't get lunch. Well, that's going to be a distraction, you know. For certain. In the middle of, you know, amen, and the stomach rumbles, you know. Yeah. Uh, Why don't we order a pizza would be a good first thought for that meeting. Oh, so that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> it can be hard for our leaders to stay engaged when all that is going on. Right. You know, we've got to give them time to diffuse, to relax, so that they can properly engage with us. Right. He is human too, or she is human too. And we want to allow the leader to be human. What a brilliant idea. What a radical thought. Oh, my. How dare you, laddie? Uh, yes, I, well, I may just shook the shingles <laughs> in the rooftops of the Baptist. <laughs> oh, did you say Baptist? No, no. I can pick on them because I are one. There you go. Um, yeah, it's, you know what? That may have just shook some stained glass windows. You know, to let <laughs> yeah. it be human. It's short, it's sweet, it's five ways that church leaders can improve communication, and it's at sharefaith.com. I'll have all the notes for this if you want to go back through it. There's some a little extra detail that we don't always have time to do, but I'll have these posted with the show notes in the show doc so you can, uh, you can follow that along and you can follow up on it and maybe read more about it, things that can be helpful. I know at the heart of Heritage, Tom, you want to be a pastor to the pastor. Yeah. You, want, you want to give them an opportunity Right. to have someone to go to to be able to let loose so that they can be fully engaged and that they can have a consistent attitude and and work on their emotional intelligence and talk less and listen more and ask more of the right questions. Right. How can they get a hold of you 
to find out more about what you're up to at Heritage. Well, and Scott, we can be found at HeritageChristianCounselingMinistries.com. And remember, too, if you want to go back and hear the whole thing again, is under the podcast network at ShineFMOhio.com.